Welcome to Self-Created Podcast with Janelle Simmons and Shanika Pishi, giving you resources and gems to create your best self. From books to recipes, local happenings, culture, and everything else in between. Helping you to learn or unlearn because each and every one of us are creators. Hey friends, welcome back. It's me and Paige. Well, she seems, I think she knows who it is right now. Hey Paige. Hey, <laughs> I don't know what you're doing, but guess what I'm doing? Just listen. There you go. Ooh. Got the beer pop. I'm ready to talk. And this is a good episode. Destroyer of the world. Episode seven. It is awesome. Yes. It is. Um, it's a lot though, right? You know, I yes. feel like it's a lot. It's, it's a lot, um, a lot. I mean, I literally compared to our low yesterday's, I think it was 22 minutes. We recorded yesterday's podcast. 22 yeah, minutes. Uh-huh. Um, this um, one, I don't think it's going to be this short. No, but the thing is with this one is like, you just have to watch all the little hints. And I might just go back and watch this whole series because there's series because there's so many Seattle hints, you know? <laughs> like, oh, yes. Oh, yes. So, um, okay. Yeah. Episode seven, destroyer of the world. It starts off with, um, Butchie and he is, he, he's given coffee and they're like, it's Starbucks from Seattle. And he's like, what? I'll just stick to local, which is, you know, joke. Like everyone's drinking Starbucks now, not everyone, but you know, Starbucks had, it's like huge, um, takeoff in like the nineties, 2000. Yeah. And they um, turned 50. Yeah. They turned 50 last year because I turned 50. We were both born in 1971. Oh, get out. Happy yeah. um, birthday, Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you know that when they were trying to expand, they went to Shaquille O'Neal to invest and he was like, black people don't drink coffee. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. We, I grew up seeing black people drink coffee. It was more like Folgers and stuff, but everyone drink Folgers. Uh, I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. I, listen, he's still rich as fuck. I'm pretty sure he's not that upset about it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I mean, when you've got that kind of money, that's like, do you really need more money? I mean, you like, how long are you going to live? You, you will live longer than you will spend the money. <clears throat> Kim Kardashian. Look, well, okay, this, well, it's on my shit list. So let's move on. I know. I know. I know. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Just had to. Okay. So, um, that um, his like goons or people that work for him. I don't know what the name proper um, terminology I have goons, is. I have goons written down. That's yeah, exactly what okay, I have. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. They're like, man, he must be making like a shit ton of money off the tape. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, you know, the Pam and Tommy sex tape. He's like, even, you know, such and such. Like, I don't remember the name. He's like, even Paulie has a copy. He's like, who? He's like, Paulie, my son, your godson. And he's like, oh, and he's like, where's Milton? Um, get a hold of Milton. And then, um, you know, they said that they've tried to go by, right? Is this a, t- no, no, not, did they, is this a time when they said that he leaves? No, that's later on. I'm sorry. I'm getting messed up. He says to get a hold of um, Milton, Milty. And then after this, it cuts to Rand pulling a tarot card. Um, and it shows that he's staying with his ex, Erica and her girlfriend. And Erica's like, why are you calling the Netherlands he's like oh um I'm not calling them and she's like yes you are it's right here on my bill you know it's a paper trail and she's like what does this have to do with like that business that's going so well and he's like yeah it's going really well she's like yeah it's going so well you're sleeping on my couch and she's like I want you out by the end of the week and he's like this week (laughs) um 
So Rand keeps calling Milty and Milty is avoiding his calls. Um, the concierge is calling up and saying it's Mr. Godier. And he's like, tell him I'm not here. And Milty's just having the time of his life in Amsterdam with drugs and prostitutes. Hookers and blow, um, baby. Hookers and blow. Hookers and blows. And I just want to say we both respect the sex workers, give them insurance, give them medical care, give them every damn thing. Cause they're literally out here doing the Lord's work. Okay. Yep. Amen. Um, Preach. <laughs> seriously. Like protect them, like protect them. Okay. Don't even act like you're hoity toity high or above it because if people weren't doing it, they wouldn't be so in demand. And that's all I'm going to say. Anyway, sorry, I'm trying not to go off tangent, but, you know, listen, with the shit that's happening in the world, can't say gay, can't be trans, can't be this, can't be that. It's just fucking ridiculous. All right. (laughs) So Rand is back at Tower Records and the same guy is outside selling the Pam and Tommy. Oh, can we stop? Can we pause? Go on. Okay. Okay. Easter eggs on the- on the Tower Records storefront, you have all these albums. You have Elton John. I think that was The Lion King or Can You Feel the Love Tonight that had yes. NWA. Um, it had Nirvana's first album. It had The Another Spice dig. Girls. <laughs> yes. It had The Spice Girls. And it had Mariah Carey, the Daydream album, which really quickly mm. I'm going to digress because Daydream was one of Mariah's biggest bangers because not only did it have Always Be My Baby, it had One Sweet Day, and it had Fantasy. And if you know anything about Fantasy, it had the hook from the Tom Tom Club's Genius of Love, which is now being featured in, I want to say, oh God, who is it? I can't think of it. It's on TikTok, but everybody uses that hook. They thought it came from Mariah. It did not come from Mariah. It came from Tom Top Club. But there are all these little Easter eggs of like when this music first came out and Daydream, uh, Daydream was just an absolute fantastic Mariah Carey album. But yeah, go ahead with the show. Yeah, that's, I think I enjoyed that one from her and um, Butterfly. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so Rain tries to go inside power records to sell the tape and the guy's like come on i can't sell that there he's like you literally have someone outside selling in your parking lot he's like he's not bothering anybody and he was like but this is bullshit you know i was first you know like he's ripping me off <laughs> so funny. Yeah. i heard it first okay ran <laughs> whatever dude <laughs> exactly and the guy's like there's a deal that says never be the first to do anything he probably wasn't even the first to do that quote <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Facts. Yeah. (laughs) Imitation is not the sincerest form of flattery, but, you know, sometimes it happens. So you've got to do bigger and better. But Rand, since you're a piece of shit who stole, this is what you get. I don't feel bad for you at all. All right. A piece of shit that believed in karma. That, that's what's so rich. And I think when we probably cover probably like do the final episode or do like a wrap up episode, that's something Mm -hmm. I would really love to dive deep into. Yeah. And I just want to say, like, I learned this um, during my teacher training. There's like no such thing as good karma or bad karma. It's just karma. And it just really depends on how you live your life every day is what you're going to get back. So I don't, we don't feel bad, Rand. Fuck you. Okay. So um, Pam is doing press for barbed wire. And this is where my sassy witty witty Pam comes in and I freaking love her. So she's talking and some guy cuts her off and he says, what's your favorite thing in a guy? And she's like, I like a guy who listens. Boom. Like she's, and that is the Pam that people don't 
like want, like see, but that's why I always loved her because I knew she was, she was quick with it. Um, then she's asked about her fight training. She, you know, she says, yeah, I've done some things for Baywatch, but nothing ever like how I did for Barb. And then of course, some sleazy looking guys asking her about the penthouse release and, um, the reporter tries to allude that it's a publicity stunt. She's like, no, the tape was stolen. And, you know, he backs off a little bit. Back to Ran. And again, this is another episode that's jumping back and forth a lot. But it was, um, I don't know, I felt like it, 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 it flowed better than the episode before. Um, Ran gets only nine orders for the tape. <laughs> and then as he's walking to his car, um, Butchie's goons grab him. So the next scene we see Rand. Um, in front of Butchie and there's like a bowl of cherries marinated in alcohol. Uh, and, uh, they were actually, this is ahead. true. A little fact go check ahead. for you. Okay. Um, this is true. The cherries were actually soaked in Everclear. And um, I'm sure much like me, a lot of people have Everclear stories. Um, not necessarily good ones, um, but there were Everclear stories. Um, I had ran into it in college. I haven't ran into it much since. A great story. We took uh, my mom and stepdad out to Vegas, uh, gosh in 2003 and we took them to get slushies and didn't tell them what was in it because they didn't drink and it had everclear in it and my stepdad like sucked it down in like two minutes and he's like i want another one and i'm like "Mm, no we're good but yeah everclear will do the trick and then some oh my god i feel like that's the last time i've had a slushy drink was when i went to vegas so long ago (laughs) we need to go again okay um so yeah, they're, uh, they're soaked in alcohol and, but she tells him to eat too and it makes him gag. I like, ugh, it was making me gag. I could just it only imagine. Me too. I was about to gag. I was like, oh my God, no. I could only imagine. Um, so, but she asks, where's Milty? And Rand says he's in Amsterdam and that he is turning their money into diamonds. And Rand is not <laughs> like this. <laughs> But she tells, <laughs> but she tells Rand that he owes him fifty thousand dollars, and as he's telling him this, he is kicking him in the knee, and he's like, "Because Amsterdam is not the capital of diamonds, Antwerp is." And I'm thinking, "Oh wow, how does he know this?" But cool, and he's like, "Amsterdam is the capital of hookers and drugs." What do you really think Milty is doing out there? Because he's like, "Wow," he's like, "Either you're a good liar, or you're just really that fucking stupid." And yeah. we're going with the we're going with the ladder. And here's a fact check for you because I had to look that up about Antwerp. Eighty-four okay. percent of rough cut diamonds and fifty percent of cut diamonds pass through this city. The whole world diamond population: eighty-four percent rough cut, fifty all pass through Antwerp. I have no idea why I didn't dig, dig that deep, but I just like found that wild. What is it that you know? Anyway, no. Okay. I'll have to like, just do some side research too. That's that's very really, like fascinating. You know, just like the most random not like random country but like a place you wouldn't think of you know like is high like in the diamond industry or something that's pretty cool okay so um okay so pam is in the limo and um after a long day of press release and she's talking to her um publicist and she's just like they're both like fucking men and publicist like i understand and pam's like but you know what I hope it's a boy because she is pregnant at this time. And she was pregnant when she was doing press for barbed wire. Like I said, you know, she was pregnant during the deposition. That's why she wanted to stop because it's too much stress on her. 
So Rand has to get $50,000. So he is on a typewriter in the bathroom, has it perched on top of the toilet and he's wearing gloves to not have any fingerprints and (laughs) writes a letter to Tommy saying, you know, if you want to atone for your sins, bring, you know, he gives a certain amount, like $26,000, like $938 and 67 cents or something like that. He's like, bring it here at this time, signed karma. And, you know, Tommy's like chilling in his hot tub and then um, he sees the envelope and it's just basically like, what the fuck is this? Anyways, cut back to Pam. She's on Jay Leno. You know how we feel about him. And Jay Leno. Fuck yeah. Jay Leno. Yeah, it's basically bad. I kind of love how terrible they made this guy look as Jay Leno. I feel like it's what Jay Leno deserves. <laughs> They did. They did, though. It's definitely, um, it's definitely a little extra. Especially I feel like, like he deserves accent. it. Yeah. He deserves it. He deserves it. Um, fucking Jay Leno. Okay. So it kind of starts back at where the series began. Um, Pam being asked, how does it feel to be so exposed to the world? So anyways, again, my girl Pam just being so charming. Um, you know, he starts with the jokes about the sex tape and she's like, what tape, Jay? And, you know, Tommy's looking in the back and um, J- Jay makes like a sex, some type of sex joke. And Tommy's like, oh, okay, that no. was pretty good. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. His joke was because um, he asked her the sex of the baby and she said, I don't mm-hmm. want to know the sex of the baby. And he says, I can't believe there's something about sex Pamela Anderson doesn't know. Mm-hmm. That was the joke. Right. And Tommy was like, okay, that was pretty good. And so it gets a little bit more serious and he's like, what's it like to have all that exposure? You know, cause he does the thing. He's like, you know, I haven't seen the tape. <laughs> I just haven't gotten around to it. I'm like, shut up. You probably whack off to it every night. You disgusting fuck. Um, <laughs> I'm getting so mad at this character playing Jay Leno because that's how much I hate Jay Leno. Okay. <laughs> so she gets serious and she says, it's horrible to have something intimate stolen and exposed. She's like, it's absolutely devastating. And then it's just like that crickets moment. And, you know, it is late night. So you're supposed to keep it lively. And then she giggles and goes, what? He asked. Just charismatic as hell. So cut to her walking um, backstage and Tommy, surprise, surprise. He's ready to fight. He's ready to kick J-Lo's ass. And then her publicist and her friends about to step in. And she's like, no, Tommy, this is how it's going to go down. For the next few days, it's all about me. You will just be my sidekick and that's it. So that means no kicking anyone's ass, no punching Jay Leno, nothing. It's all about me. She's like, I'm going to go to the hotel tonight because Malibu's too far away and I'm going by myself. And he's like, got it. And so that's what they do. She goes to the hotel. He goes back home. So she is watching Sleepless in Seattle. And guess what? I've never seen that. Have you? (laughs) (sighs) <sighs> yes. I mean, you know, I feel like at that day and age back, I was probably here. I was in my mid twenties. Like, I mean, if you didn't watch the popular rom-coms, did you really know how to, you know, at that time I didn't have a man. I was still trying to find a husband. I had to wait till I was 30 to find that. Um, but I think you watch those and kind of like, Oh, this could be my life. And you know, Tom and Meg were the, um, Okay, so as you're saying, you're still single at that time, and Tom and Meg. Um, they well, Tom and Meg. Um, they were the you know they were the um God the king and queen of the rom com back in the day. You know, it's yeah, yeah. 
battle and oh god i don't mm-hmm. remember all the other ones they, they were in but they were in um but yeah so i mean they were you kind of had to watch mail. them yes you've got mail too yeah so um but yeah, so, you know, everybody watched them and, you know, everybody believed in happily ever after instead of real fucking world shit at that time. Um, I think we've all come far away from there at this point. Um, <laughs> Basically, yeah. if you ever like watch a movie that's like kind of spoofing rom-coms, this is it. Like the lady that owns a bookshop who like lives in New York, like on the cleanest street of New York, there's like fresh flowers every day. <laughs> Like none of it's realistic. Right. And then, you know, Julia Roberts <laughs> was the queen of the rom-coms too. You know, she had, you know, the runaway bride and she had Never seen it. four weddings and a funeral, Notting Hill. Never seen it. Never oh my seen God. It. Notting Hill's really fantastic. So it was four weddings and a funeral. Never I, seen I, Pretty I, Woman. What the, what, the, what the fuck are you? I have seen my best friend's wedding and that's my shit. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> We digress, folks. We digress. But anyway, so she's watching the rom-com and she's getting all crying, teary, because she realizes, yeah. you know, she does love Tommy. She really does. Yeah. So yeah. Um, go ahead from there, Shanika. Yeah, I mean, Tommy's charming. And um, we'll talk about a little bit later in the episode what Erica says about him. Because, like, listen, it's not just me, okay? <laughs> he, ha- he, he has something about him. So anyways, yeah, she's watching Sleepless in Seattle. She calls Tommy and he's like whispering and she's just like, okay, I love you. I miss you. And he's like, I miss you too, babe. Love you. See you tomorrow. He's whispering because he's going to meet Rand (laughs) to make his drop. And Rand like flashes a light to indicate it's Tommy. There's a chain link fence that's separating them. (laughs) And so Tommy's like, he's like, did you bring the money? He's like, yes, I brought 27,000 because I'm not going with your odd number, you fucking idiot. And so um, they have a little bit of dialogue and then Tommy's like still just trash talking him. And oh, I think, just, I think, yeah, I think my favorite quote, he was like, you, sir, are a loser. $27,000 isn't going to change that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like, you know, for someone like Tommy, $27,000 is like 27 bucks. Um, so, you know, Rand's like, you're not a nice person. And Tommy's like, well, no shit. I know I'm not, but what about Pam? What did she ever do to you? What did her, she's like sweet, warm, loving heart. What did she deserve this? And that's when it's kind of like, Oh, wait, oops. This really is affecting Pam more than it's affecting Tommy. Mm-hmm. So, well, but you know, guys don't think love you, man, really, but let's start doing better. <laughs> male counterparts let's do better okay so anyways tommy's like you know i was coming here to like beat your ass but i'm gonna do this instead and like sets the money on fire and throws it over the fence (laughs) that was such a great moment i love i'm still still that really was that was a pretty great moment and rand's like you're an asshole but rand ruined it because tommy threw it over and the money stayed together he just had to do it one quick stomp but he flipped out and started kicking it all over which made the fire spread thought the same thing i'm like if you would just put your foot on there it would have stopped the outside bills. yes and you had the a jacket burn but the inside would have been good yeah and you had a jacket like you've been fine and guess what if the serial number can still be seen on it the bank will take it and they'll just send it to um i can't remember where exactly it is but they'll just like reprint it like it would have been fine <laughs> there you go <laughs> just saying okay so um Rand um, goes back and tells Butchie he doesn't have the money. 
So, but she's like, all right, well, I need my money and you need to work it off. There's this one guy who owns this person who owes this person who owes me and you need to go get it from him. So this part is true. Rand did work as like a, I don't know, henchman, whatever you want to call it, like a money collector. I don't really know what the proper terminology is. Sorry. <laughs> um, but he did do this for a while because Milty really did skip town. Um, so Tommy gets a call saying a decision about the penthouse spread has been made and he's excited because obviously anyone in their right mind, who would think it would not go in their favor, you know? So they're at the hotel, the lawyer comes in and like, he has like a big old like packet of docket. They're like, what's that? He's like, the judge threw it out and favored, um, went and Bob Guccione's favor. So penthouse is free to post the photos of Pam. So he's sticking it to Hugh. Cause I don't even think he cares about Pam. I think he just cares about sticking it to Hugh Hefner. Right. And so um, if you guys, can I jump in here? Yeah, 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 please. Yeah. So this is where I think I said last episode, I wrote and Paul some stuff, but it was actually this episode. I watched both of them this week. So forgive my um, miscommunication there. So at this point, Pam is like, you know, she is just like done. And she just, she, this is, this is what she says. She says, this is the real reason why the judge threw the case out. She's like, quote, I don't have any rights because I spent my public life in a bathing suit because I have the nerve to pose for Playboy. They can't actually say that slut. They can't actually say that sluts. And that's what this ruling is saying. And and I am in your case. I'm sorry. (laughs) In your case, unclear. They can't actually say that sluts don't get to decide what happens to pictures of their bodies, that I don't get to, to decide what happens to my actual body. So they say something else instead. Yeah, um, because, you know, as big as a um, state California is, it is a conservative state, you know, so. Yeah, and then the audacity of the lawyers to say, Pam, I understand your position. And Pam's like, you will never understand my position. Oof. Just like, dude, you're going to get your check. Just shut the fuck up and get out, okay? (sighs) Anyway, it's just so fucking frustrating. All right, so. Next scene, or I think you can tell we're getting like more frustrating as we're watching this series. You know, it's just, it's just BS. And I think the more, the most frustrating thing is, is, is as we've said before, like what, 22 years later, um, and, or like, no, it's 16 years. Either way, things still have not changed. You know, it's just, it's still the same old BS. No, it's like more than that. It's like 25 years later. Sorry. It's just BS. Okay. So Rand, um, back to Rand, he's trying to get the money from a guy and he's horrible at it. He sees the guy at the bus stop and he like brings out a bat and, um, cause, but she was like, you know, or the henchman said like the bat is good enough to like put up your sleeve, you know, but it can still pack a mean hit. So he pulls out the bat, it drops. He's trying to get the money from the guy. The guy's bus comes and he allows the guy to get on the bus. <laughs> I mean, this complete Rand, I literally put on in my notes, I'm like, Rand goes to try to get the money. But of course, Rand being Rand fumbles the damn baseball bat. Yeah, seriously. He fumbled. Yeah. It was really sad. Okay. So he goes back to Erica's place and he hears them listening to the news and he hears how Penthouse is going to be able to release the photos. And he's like, oh, what's going on? And they're talking about it. And he asks, um, 
Erica, if they've seen the tape, they're like, yeah, we saw it at a party once. And um, they describe it as sweet, romantic, and wholesome, and not disgusting at all. And you could tell Rand, because he has straight white male mind is confused. He's like, what are you talking about? It's porn. She's like, no. She talks about how it's shot, like it's very artsy. And then like when Tam, um, Tommy is about to come, she's like, guess where Pam points the video? And he's like, you know, at the money shot, like at his dick. And she's like, no, at his face. Like to see how happy he is to be inside of Pam. She's like, he even cried a little bit. You know, kind of like what we've been saying. It's like not a sex tape. It's an exploit tape. It was a tape, two people just sharing their love for each other. Um, Then Erica talks about how um, she likes Tommy. (laughs) She's like, I know you have issues with him, but he seems to be like really in touch with his feelings. And I, you know what? When Erica was talking about him, I was like, girl, I get it. I was falling for Tommy again. (laughs) Don't judge me, Paige. That's what fuck boys do. They do. Yeah. They reel you in by acting like they're this sensitive caveman, this guy in touch with his emotions, but they're still fuck boys. Okay. Well, what is it? What is it that Aline say? Dick is of abundance and low quality. There you go. Just let me have it. Okay. I'm in therapy. It's okay. okay. All right. So. <laughs> We go back to Seattle and we see the guy from before who was trying to get the girls to do like live webcams. And, you know, the numbers for the webcams are good, but they're at the point where they're kind of plateauing. And he's like, we need something big to get the numbers back up. Cut to Pam attending the barbed wire premiere. Um, you know, she's on the red carpet. She's like got like all leather on. She's pregnant. Her and Tommy having a good time kissing each other, just loving it. And then as she's walking the red carpet, she hears someone asking about the tape and it throws her off for a moment. Next scene, um, Milty gets a call and is told it's Ron Jeremy. So obviously he's excited about that. He's like, Ron, what's up? Hello, Ron, Ron. And then Rand's like, I can't believe this. I trusted you. And he's like, Rand? He's like, oh, hey, what's up? Yeah, I'm still working on some things. But then Rand hangs up the phone on him. So they're um, in the theater, you know, watching the screening of the movie and she's excited. And then next scene, they are at the after party and she's like, yeah, you know, it stayed open for a sequel, but, you know, we'll just see how the numbers do. And then a party goes walking by two of them. They're like, oh my God, that's terrible. And that's the second best movie she's been in this year, obviously alluding to the tape. So in the next scene, Rand admits to Erica that he stole the tape and Erica kicks him out. And he's like, why? You know, it's just porn. She's like, it's not porn. She's like, what I do, you know, when I do porn, I give consent. I sign, you know, papers, permission. Did you get Pam's permission? Did you get Tommy's permission? And him being him, he just doesn't see what the big deal is. So um, after the movie premiere, Tommy wants to go to another theater so they can like, you know, see the reactions of the crowd. And um, unfortunately, the crowd is laughing at her, not with her. And I just want to jump in and say, okay, barbed wire, it was not good. (laughs) It was not good. And, um, you know, I think it was one of those films that was made before its time. It actually would have been really good if it got the Deadpool treatment, which means just like rated R, 
just raunchy, just nasty cuss words, like no holds bar, but obviously they're not going to do that with like a women's action movie back in the nineties, you know? Well, you know, it's so funny you say it, it wasn't that good, but there's so many movies out there that people think are absolutely horrible that I love. Example A, Showgirls. I love, I love Nomi Malone. I love her. God dang it. And it killed Jesse Spano's career. And, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, Elizabeth, it killed her career. And I hate that for her. But that movie, I love that fucking movie. I still watch it to this day. While wearing your Versace? Oh, I absolutely wear it by wearing my Versace and getting my nails done. <laughs> oh my God, no me. And that was such a huge role. So many big actresses tried out for it. Yes. Uh, and I think, you know, obviously I probably love it a little bit because it's set in Vegas, <laughs> but I just, you know, it's just, it's so, it's camptastic. You know, I, I Kyle used to, McLaughlin, like, yes. Um, Trey um, McDougal. Yes. Oh my God. Trey McDougal. Um, he couldn't get it up. Um, but yeah, it's just, there were so many iconic actors in that movie and it was, you know, done and filmed in Vegas and, you know, the, how it ended with how it started. And she just, you know, the, the, the small town girl came to the big city and realized that the big city wasn't all it was cut out to be, but I, I love that movie. And the, the dancing is great. The shows, I mean, I, I just love it. Um, okay. So <laughs> I digress. I digress. Go If you've never seen Showgirls, go watch Showgirls. Make sure your kids are not in the room with you, um, but watch it. And, and don't, you know, there's, you might be a little prudish around your husband seeing boobies on the TV, but there's some nudity and there's some sex, but it's a good movie. There's, a, there's actually a pretty hot sex scene in the pool. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's watch showgirls together. Let's like get some beers and watch showgirls together. There you um, go. <laughs> oh my god, I love this. <laughs> Maybe that's what we'll recap next. Let's recap showgirls. Done, done, done. I'm start watching tomorrow. I'll like watch 30 minutes a day and take notes. I can't breathe. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I just did not think of all the movies and be like, I love showgirls. <laughs> Okay, so um, the problem with barbed wire, I mean, obviously I enjoy it because I love Pam and I just like really love like that vixen look. And um, she played it too serious and I understand why she did because this was a huge fucking deal. I think it was like $8 million to make. That's a lot of money to spend on a woman back then. You know, um, especially someone who wasn't like a movie star. She was known from TV, but back then being a TV star and movie star were not on the same level. So, you know, it's just, and then of course this tape, none of it helped. Um, okay. So Ran goes back to the guy and beats him up and he gets the money. So Ran has now started his career as a henchman. So... We go back to the limo and you can tell Pam is just like really bombed and it's probably knowing that the movies may not do as well as she was hoping. Um, you know, Tom is like, do you want to go get a drink? He's like really trying to be like really encouraging, really supporting, um, support her. And then he like grabs her hand and like kisses it. And that is how the episode ends. 
Yeah, she looked really sad. I kind of felt like really sad for her, you know, just as yeah. much as the Pamela in Wonderland. It was a different direction, but it was sad as then like she was really proud of herself. She thought this was really her time. And, you know, she had no idea. I, I honestly truly think she had no idea how it would come across. No, um, you know, and it's just I, I don't know. I feel kind of bad for like any star who has a movie that bombs especially like when they're crazy passionate about it you know that's like even worse um so and then yeah this is like her first taste of you know of getting a big movie and she never just like really never got that chance again um nope. which just sucks because you know I mean how many bombs did Sylvester Stallone make but they're still he was still all over the place in the 90s you know I mean, Rhinestone Cowboy, hello. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that, but I do love Demolition Man. That's like one of my favorites from him. Man, the only saving gr- yeah, the only saving grace from Rhinestone Cowboy was Dolly Parton. That was it. But, you know, Dolly is America's angel that always saves us from ourselves, much like the Black women that save us too. But yeah, I mean, it's just, um, he made a lot, you know, Um but yeah, she just did, she looked really sad. Um, just a you know a couple things on my end. Um, just um, mm-hmm. that I you know I like to come a little fact check. There were not a lot of facts to check this week. Um, the biggest one was that um, Rand was actually during this time not staying with Erica. He was actually staying at a porn director's house in a five year old's bunk bed. Uh, the five year old obviously was not staying in the bunk bed with Rand, but staying in the parents' bedroom. But he was staying in a bunk bed at the parents' house. Um, Music, Cosmic Blues, Janis Joplin, love her, love that bitch, gone too soon. Uh, once again, the Cardigans are back in this episode with my favorite game. So obviously, I think Real Lake quick, Velvet. Janis Joplin, she's part of the 27 Club, right? She is, yes. Her, okay. Jimmy, and Jim. Mm-hmm. And Amy. Yeah. Amy Winehouse. Yes. Yeah, I keep forgetting about her because she's just, you know, I guess. because oh, so What about that. Kurt Cobain? You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, I, I don't know. I'm going to try to Google that real, real quick. Sorry, yeah. y'all. Um, yeah. And I love that version of Over the Rainbow, which was Ray Charles and Johnny Mathis. Oh, he so, is. He was born yeah. February 67 and he died April 94. Oh, God, that is oof, eerie. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go on. No. No, I was just saying, I love that version of Over the Rainbow um, from Ray Charles and Johnny Mathis. And there was a song from Frankie Avalon called You Are Mine. Uh, Frankie Avalon, if you did not know, is a leader, uh, lead singer of the Four Seasons. Uh, if you have ever seen, uh, was it Jersey Guys on Broadway? Um, it's a great show. If you have it, if the touring company comes to your town, go see it. I think it is one of those great Broadway fun for all ages show, whether you listen to the music or not. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Anything else to add? No, I think I'm going to watch Showgirls now, um, or at least <laughs> put it on the weekend list to watch Showgirls. Um, but you know, you're talking about movies you've never seen. I've never seen Avatar, but I have no desire to see it. I'm not a science girl, fiction girl. Do not. Yeah, I'm not a science fiction girl. I don't, I don't give a shit about stuff like that, you know? It, it is. It's, it's not good. Just don't. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. that was Saturday. Uh, I think, was, did you post that thing about that the little girl in Titanic really died and they filmed it, but they kept it out of the movie? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's yeah. like. Now, let me tell the story. I will tell the story. Okay. So, okay. so we're in this Facebook group together and it's a, it's a group of mostly um, women. There's some men in there and straight, gay, black, white, 
everybody's allies in this group. It's just a really fun group. Uh, yeah. Don't ask for the name because I'm not going to share it with you. Um, <laughs> but it, it's just a safe space for a lot of people. Yes. So today, Shanika just drops a little bomb in there, a little TikTok. And the dad was like, well, did you wonder what happened to the little girl in Titanic that danced Cora. with um, them? Yeah, Cora. And the guy was like, yep, Cora died. But they cut the scene from the movie. But if you want to see it, here's Cora's death scene from Titanic. It appeared to show Cora drowning on the Titanic. It's brutal. Like, like, her family. She's like, who brings she's, this ship? She's running up the steps with um, her parents. And remember how they had closed the gates and they weren't letting them come through? They they. They got stuck by the gates. I was like, James Cameron was trying to have us fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) More than we already are. I mean, Titanic was an emotional fuck to begin with. But to have a kid die too, you know? Let me tell you something. I complain about three hour plus movies, but you put Titanic on and I will watch it. Like, every day. Every fucking day. Every day. God. I will watch it still hoping that there's some way Jack can fit on that door because we know he can. Oh, there's not some way. There's anyway. Rose is just a selfish bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she was a selfish bitch, much like Courtney, whatever her name is. Not quick. I don't should never be Courtney Cobain to me. Courtney Love. <laughs> um, I do love some Billy Zane though. I um because he just plays evil very well. And then he was also in Demon Knights, and I loved him from that. And I mean, I don't know. I, he played Cal so well. He actually you know, um, um, auditioned for Jack. You know, he has got, I think the, it, when you say Billy's name to me, the thing that always comes to mind is he's just got that chiseled face that is just mm-hmm. kind of iconic. You know him when you see him. His eyes are piercing. Yeah, you see him on the screen and you're like, that's Billy Zane. You're like, you're not thinking, well, is that Tom Hanks or is that Steve Martin? I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's just a straight white guy. They all look the same. No, you're like, that's Billy Zane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed this tangent that we went on. <laughs> yes. And if you watch Showgirls, let me know. I would love to hear your feelings on it, especially if you've never seen it. Um, like I said, it's not for the kiddos. It's not even for the preteens, the teens. And obviously, if you need to be 21 and up to watch that movie, but please let me know your thoughts. I was not 21 and up when I first saw that movie. I was probably like 12 or 13. Then I need to talk to your parents. <laughs> all right friends thank you so much for joining us on this episode <laughs> bye thanks for listening all right bye <laughs> thanks for listening please remember to rate subscribe review share with your friends check us out at selfcreatedpodcast.com email us selfcreatedpodcast at gmail.com you can find us on instagram twitter and facebook You can listen to Self-Created Podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you listen.